0: Well, that's a great prayer, it's a great prayer for this evening. Father, we pray, show us your power. Pour out your spirit upon us. Take your word and write it on our hearts in such a way that we are changed, that we might be the change we long to see in the world in which we live. For your name and your glory we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to be with you. Do take a seat. Um, just to add my welcome to that of everyone else's, I'm Chris. I'm one of the pastors here. To wish you a very happy new year. I hope you had a really great time over Christmas and new year, lots of celebrating and with friends and family. Um, I don't know about you, but 2013 was not a good year. I want to start with that. It's a bit of a negative note to start on, but um, it, it, it was terrible, in fact. Um, my football team, Wolverhampton Wanderers, got relegated for the second time. Do you know, we are the only club, sorry if anyone hates football, just, just bear with me for a moment. Um, They are the only club in history to be relegated from the Premiership to now League One twice in consecutive seasons. Not a good year. Not a good year that ended yesterday when we got absolutely thrashed 5-0 in the ashes. Anyone else a cricket fan here who's mourning in sadness? It made made waking up to Radio 5 in the mornings just the most hideous thing for a few few weeks. I'm glad it's all finished. Um, But I'm excited about 2014. I think England really will win the World Cup this year. <laughs> you may laugh. I am an eternal optimist when it comes to England. I think it was because the first World Cup I ever experienced uh, as an England fan was Italian 90. Is anyone old enough to remember Italian 90? Some of you. Really? Brilliant. So Italian 90, for those of you who weren't alive during 1990, um, basically we got to the semi-finals and we lost to the Germans on penalties. It happens every every year, I think every every so often. But it was a fantastic feel, feel good factor around Bobby Robson, and I'm just convinced that's always going to happen at every tournament. So I think I think we'll win the World Cup in, in Brazil. I'm also I'm also really hopeful that we might win the Six Nations at rugby. Mark's with me on this. Good. Last year we were doing very well until we played the Welsh in the last game, and it all went a bit wrong. But I'm thinking 2014 is going to be a great year when it comes to sport. I wonder about for you, how is 2014 going to be a good year for you? What do you think about 2014, the year ahead? Is it something that fills you with excitement? Or is it something that fills you with a bit of dread? Or are you kind of just don't really know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's great to celebrate Abby and Johnny's engagement. That's a wonderful thing to be looking forward to over the next 12 months. Uh, Maybe it's you're looking at a new job or a change of career or going to university or doing your A-levels or GCSEs or, or whatever it might be. They might fill you with both a sense of excitement and a sense of dread at the same time. But I wonder what the year holds for you. My prayer, my prayer for this year is the prayer we're going to look at in a little while. My prayer for this year is a prayer, a prayer that really Josh uh, led us in that song. It's, Lord, show us your power. Show us your power. But the way that we get to experience more of God's presence and his power is through prayer. I want to show a clip uh, now from a a really, really wonderful film. It's called Hitch. Has anyone seen Hitch? A few people. Let me just explain what Hitch is all about. Hitch is about a man called Albert who struggles uh, in his romantic life. He finds it very difficult to get girlfriend uh, and girlfriend. But he's fallen in love with a a famous woman uh, called Allegra Cole, a very beautiful woman but he's convinced because of the way he looks and the way he acts that he'd never have a chance uh, in going out with her. So he employs someone called Hitch for expert dating advice. So let's watch this clip, it's about six minutes, so enjoy. Relate to Albert. Is that kind of tenuous link enough just to show a funny clip? (laughs) I really like that film. I think really, It's great. I had about four different ways I was going to connect into what I wanted to talk about tonight. But I think, I think we do. But I think we find the idea of praying really difficult. I think the idea of starting something that's going to make a real difference. We think, I don't know what to say, so I need some help. I don't know what to, how to act before God, so I need some help. Um, and, you know, when it comes to starting anything new, any form of new hobby or new skill, the best place to learn how to do it is to go to an expert. You know, for Albert, you know, his, his, his dating life was terrible. So he went to an expert. You know, it might be that you want to learn a new skill in, in something this year and you'd, you'd pay for golf lessons or you'd, you'd get a personal trainer or whatever it might be. When it comes to prayer, we need to go to an expert. We need to go to people who know how to pray. And we're tonight going to look at um, the early church, the first Christians, because they really knew how to pray. They really knew how to... Uh, uh, wrestle in prayer and pray with passion to pray with boldness to pray with courage and I think we can learn masses from them and over the next uh, three weeks uh, we're going to be looking at some of the prayers that the early church prayed in the evening we're also looking at prayer in the mornings because actually if we're really going to see 2014 be the year that God would have it be in our lives individually in our lives as a church in wherever we might be if we don't make prayer praying big, courageous prayers are priority, then we might get to the end of 2014 and think, Crumbs, what could have been? And I think God opens up an opportunity for us uh, to see amazing things happen. So if you've got a Bible, you want to turn to Acts chapter 4. I'm just going to read to us um, this well-known passage. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. Let me read this. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John found the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. Then all the believers were united as they lifted their voices in prayer. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor King David, your servant, saying, Why did the nations rage? Why did the people waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. This is what has happened here in this city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. In fact, everything they did occurred according to your eternal will and plan. And now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give your servants great boldness in their preaching. Send your healing power, May signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After this prayer, the building where they were meeting shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached God's message with boldness. Father, may we be like them. Pray these prayers and live that life of courage and faith. Amen. So this passage is, has a context. So it's found, if you go to, back to the start of Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are walking to the temple. It was the daily occurrence. They would go regularly to pray. And as they walk into the temple uh, through a gate called Beautiful, they come across a man who's been lame for a long time, I think 40 years. And th- uh, they've walked past him a number of times before, but at this point they notice him. God, God does something and they, they st- step down to kind of meet him. And rather than give him money that he was asking for, they healed him in the name of Jesus. And the man got up and walked. And that stirred the entire temple. There was this incredible commotion because this man, everyone knew he was lame and something dramatic had happened. And following that, Peter then explained to the people in the crowd that were gathering what had happened. Well, this man's been healed by the name of Jesus. And then he gets an opportunity, after explaining what's happened, to proclaim, to tell the people about who Jesus is. Basically, Peter's message was, Jesus was the Messiah you've been longing for, and God raised him from the dead to prove it, and you need to respond and follow him. Peter preaches this message, and there's more response, more people uh, come into the kingdom of God. But the religious leaders, they hate it. They don't like what's happening because it's, it's, it's challenging the status quo of the temple. It's causing an uproar. It's turning the city upside down. And so they arrest Peter and John. They, they take them into custody uh, and imprison them and question them. I'd imagine they beat them, and it's not a pleasant place to be. We see that a little later on, uh, particularly when they're arrested again. And um, they're told in no uncertain terms uh, that they're to stop speaking about Jesus listen to this, um, they called the apostles back in, this is verse 18 of chapter 4, and told them never again to speak or teach about Jesus. Well, what was their response? Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about the wonderful things we have seen and heard. The religious leaders continued to threaten them, but they were falling on deaf ears. Peter and John were not interested. They headed straight back to the apostles and said, look, guys, we've seen God do incredible things. The day of Pentecost, 3,000 people added to the church. And day after day, um, Acts tells us that people were coming to faith in Jesus because the message of the good news of Jesus the Messiah, the one raised from the dead, was spreading across the city. But now they're told, guys, you can't tell that story anymore. You can't say that in public anymore. There's a challenge, there's a roadblock in the way. And their first response is to gather together with other Christians, with their other brothers and sisters, and to say, right, guys, we've got to pray. Now, we might not be facing a challenge like that. We might not have been told we can't tell people about Jesus. In fact, in this country, we have incredible freedom to talk about God, to talk about Jesus. We have loads of opportunities. We're not in threat of being imprisoned as they were. But there are other things we might face in life that are challenges to us. We might suddenly be going well, things are going well at work, and then suddenly there's a threat of redundancy. Things are going well in our family, and suddenly there's an unexpected illness or a breakdown in a the relationship. There are challenges that hit us. And what's our first response? Well, the early church, the first Christians, the first thing they would do is they gather together to pray. It was like a reflex for them. It was, you know, trouble comes, we pray. Something goes wrong, we pray. We don't know which way to turn, we pray. It was like a reflex. It came naturally to them. And that's a really important lesson for us to learn, I think, isn't it? Does prayer come naturally to us? Is it our reflex in every situation? Is it the thing we turn to first? It was their absolute priority. What the passage says is that they raised their voices together in prayer to God. They didn't discuss some strategies for how to deal with it. They just got on their knees before their Heavenly Father. And they did it together I don't know about you, but actually, we're supposed to pray as Christians on our own. But we're also supposed to pray with others. I find praying on my own quite difficult. I'm a bit of a talker. Some of you may have worked that out. I like, well, why use five words when you can use 500? I mean, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me. I like to talk. And I find praying with other people helps me to pray. It helps me, actually, it helps me to focus. Um, It helps me to pray. It helps me to uh, intercede with more passion and more conviction because I spark off other people. Now, others of us have different personality makeups and and I totally understand that. But actually, there is a really amazing dynamic in praying with other people. I think it's something so important. It, you don't read much in the New Testament, particularly, about people praying on their own. Jesus did. He often went off alone. And I think that's our model. We go off regularly alone to pray. We, you know, more than daily. I, I feel, find day, once a day isn't enough for me. I need to keep turning to God as often as I can. But when we come to the early church, they gather together all of the time. All of the prayers in the New Testament are plural. It's all about we or you in the plural. It's all about gathering together to pray. And I think for me, I think the things we do here at St. Paul's about gathering together in prayer are are so so important. I, I would love to invite all of us tomorrow night to come and gather together to pray. Just to cry out to God for this year that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done. I gather with one or two guys on a Wednesday morning in a coffee shop to pray we just have a coffee and we just chat about how life is going. We pray for one another. I just love to meet with other people to pray because I find it easier to do that. And I'd love to encourage you to do that. We do it and uh, you might be want to join a prayer triplet or come to Hungry for God that happens every month uh, on a Tuesday evening. Or, and, you know, we do 24-7 prayer f- uh, um, towards Easter and I get an opportunity both individually and corporately to pray. Encourage one another to pray in your conversations when you're sharing life together. That's what the early church did. Prayer was at the heartbeat, was at the heart of who they were and what they did. The second thing they did in this prayer is they 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 joined together. But then the first thing they did as they prayed was they reminded themselves of who God is. It's so important, isn't it? We can lose sight so easily of who God is. And what they say is really interesting. Um, Just their start of the prayer at the end of verse twenty-four: "O Sovereign Lord, Creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them." two things there really God is sovereign and God is creator that's basically God is all-powerful he can create and has created everything and he's sovereign he's all-knowing he knows everything so we are talking to God who knows everything about everyone that's ever been has every solution to every problem we could possibly face and has the resources to provide the solution to that problem and we get to call him dad We get to call him, Dad. We get us to come and say, Dad, I'm in trouble. Can you help me out? Imagine these guys coming together. They're saying, Dad, we're in trouble. We know we've got to tell other people about Jesus. We know that we've got an amazing adventure of sharing the good news about who he is and what he's done and healing the sick and seeing the kingdom come. But they've told us we can't. Dad, you've got to help us. The all-knowing, the all-powerful God. He goes, bring it on. Let's go. That's why Heavenly Father's for us. Can you imagine? We're worried about our jobs and our, and our relationships. And we go before our Heavenly Father and go, I have no idea how I'm going to work this out. I just don't know what the future holds. But Dad, you, you know, you hold the future. Time is in your hands. You're Almighty God. And you love me. See, when we work out who God is, when we remind ourselves who God is, it changes how we pray. The early church knew who their heavenly father was, and they would hammer on his door, because they know that God loves it when we come to him. So remember who God is. The next thing they do is they, rem- they remember who, what God's called them to do. I've, you know, I've kind of already pointed to that, really. But Jesus said, you know, your job, guys, is to go and make disciples of every nation. Go and tell them about me. Go and show them who I am and help them to do the things that I did. So when the ruling authorities tell them to stop doing what they're doing, they're like, well, we, we're not allowed to stop doing what we're doing. We've got a higher authority that we're going to. When people tell you you can't do the thing that God's told you to do, but God's called, called me. And, you know, here's, here's something that's really true, and I think it's really important to remember. If we are going to do what God has asked us to do, we will almost certainly, I, I would say we will certainly, encounter difficulties and opposition along the way. But remember who we're praying to, the all-knowing, all-powerful Creator God, our Heavenly Father. Nothing is impossible for Him. Nothing is impossible for Him. Difficulty and opposition don't mean we should give up. They're just the invitation to pray more and to persevere. The disciples were afraid. They didn't know, they probably knew they had to keep going, but they were afraid. They'd been threatened with imprisonment and probably worse. They'd seen Jesus crucified. So they what did they do? They didn't say, "Lord, okay, maybe you send someone else." They just prayed, "Give us more courage." Why because they knew their heavenly Father would do it. Next thing, they were real about the issue they faced. Consider their threats. They said, "Consider what we're facing, God." It's so important to be honest before God in prayer. Tell him what you need. Thank him for what he's done. So tell God what you need. Tell God what's going on. Be real. He does know. But, you know, just before the Lord's Prayer that Jesus teaches us in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says, and your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Why? Because asking him for stuff isn't the primary issue. Just being with him is the most important thing. Getting to know who he is. Getting to know what he wants to do. And as we pray, God will lead us more into more uh, kind of deeper ways of praying I guess it's as we start the key thing is not to kind of hold back really and then finally um, they come to the end of their prayer they've prayed consider their threats consider the trouble we're in they've reminded themselves of who God is the all-knowing all-powerful God they're doing it together they're praying with one another and rather than hold back even though they're facing trouble possible imprisonment maybe worse They don't pray for protection, for God to hide them. They don't pray for someone else to go and speak to the religious leaders. They don't pray that God would would remove them from power. They just pray for boldness. Consider their threats and give us boldness. Consider the struggles we face, the roadblocks that are ahead of us, the uncertainties, the worries, the fears, the anxieties that we have, and just give us boldness. Give us courage that we might keep going and do what you've called us to do. That's a big prayer, isn't it? What would that mean for you and for me tomorrow if we pray this prayer? Give us more boldness when we talk about Jesus. Do more miracles in and through us in the name of Jesus so that more people will find and meet Jesus and be transformed through our words and our deeds. That's all the church, the early church cared about is that more people would find Jesus because Jesus was really worth finding. 2014. Possibilities that are before us are immense. If we dared to pray this prayer every day this year, Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with boldness through amazing healings and signs and wonders in the name of your servant Jesus, so that people would come to know you through my words and my deeds, wherever I find myself. Can you imagine the transformation we could see in our workplace? Can you imagine what our street would look like? Because I believe that's the kind of prayer that God answers. And if you look at verse 31, this is why. After they'd finished speaking, the place where they met shook. That wasn't because they prayed extra loud. It wasn't because they said the right words. It's because God loves it when we say, God, I know it's going to be costly. I know it could be hard. I know it looks really scary. But give us the courage that we might do the things you want us to do. That's the kind of prayer that our Heavenly Father gets excited about and loves to answer. Will we pray those prayers for us, for ourselves today, tomorrow, this week? Will we make courage and boldness the thing we want to pray for as we step into 2014? I would love to encourage you to do that. And I think, imagine this way, you're the only Christian in your office or your class or your university. I've heard this before, people say, well, I'm the only Christian there, what can I possibly do? I would say the possibilities are endless if we pray this prayer, if we live out the life that God's called us to live. Maybe it's in everyday life, just as we go, praying that prayer in the morning. God, would you use me today? Give me boldness to speak about you. Give me courage to pray for people. And then as we walk, just as Peter and John walked in their daily life to the temple, and they came across this guy and they noticed him. Imagine all the people we walk past, and maybe God will just reveal someone to us, show someone to us, we'll notice someone, and have an opportunity to serve them in practical ways or to pray for them. God answers those prayers and my encouragement to us today is to pray prayer pray a prayer that people would meet Jesus through your words and your deeds this year make that the big prayer regardless of the roadblocks ahead regardless of the challenges that you face make prayer your instinctive response to any and every situation pray with others often every opportunity you get to pray with one another pray with one another remember who God is and what he's asked you to do and dare to ask for more more boldness more power Lord that we might be your witnesses and lead many people to Jesus can I invite us to stand I'd love to pray So, Lord, we pray that prayer. Lord, consider 2014 ahead of us. The possibilities, the opportunities, the challenges, the anxieties. And enable your servants to tell others about you, Jesus, with boldness. Fill us with courage, we pray. And, Lord, would you stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders so that others would know that you love them, that you're for them and want a relationship with them. Holy Spirit, we pray in this moment, would you come and empower us to be the people you've called us to be this year? Come, Lord Jesus. And let's just wait for him and ask him to come. Echo that prayer in your own heart. Come, Lord Jesus. Come in power. come you Lord increase your power in this place Father we pray the thing is with the early church is that when they gathered together they received power from on high for the life they lived outside and this is the the place we receive from the Lord that we might live the life he's called us to live come Lord Jesus keep asking dare to pray these big bold prayers whatever it might be for you you might have a specific thing on your heart but pray that bring that to God you might have a longing and a dream that seems almost impossible. Dare to believe that God is the God who does the impossible. It's have a sense as well that people, some people just want to just recommit themselves at the start of this year. For whatever reason, maybe it's just as Chris was speaking, just your heart was burning. Maybe you feel that you've wandered, I don't know. But just a sense that some of you just have that desire tonight to recommit yourself at the beginning of this year and that some of you as well have that desire to recommit yourself to prayer and to prayerfulness at the start of this year. God, would want to honour that. I just want to encourage you to to do that just as you stand. It might be that uh, some of you want to come forward as well as a sign of that commitment when there's opportunity. Just take the moment now to, to reconsecrate your life. so if you think the start of this year you want to pray that prayer if you say this year Lord I just want to live a life that other people will find Jesus through it through what I say and what I do if you feel like I just need to recommit my life to God why don't you come and just kneel at the front I'll be the first there, I promise. I absolutely know my need to co- recommit my life to God, to, to serve him. But just come and join him at the front. John, and the guys, Josh and the guys, you come on up as well. Just come and kneel at the front. Just a sign of saying, God, I want to recommit my life to you. I want to I pray big prayers this year. I want to see you do amazing things in and through me. I want to see people come to know Jesus because of the way I speak and live. Maybe you're even here tonight and you're thinking, actually, I'm not sure I'm a Christian and I'd love to become one. I'd love to invite you just to come and kneel at the front. There may still be others. Do come, step on out. It's a sign of faith. We're saying, God, use us. Here I am, Lord. Fill me with power. And if those who are able to come and pray, anyone on the ministry team, if you could come out now and start just blessing what God is doing, just ministering, listening to the Lord for just prophetic encouragement and words of knowledge and just start to minister to these guys who've come to kneel forward. Gather around them, move around. Just ask the Lord to give you words of encouragement and pray that prayer from Acts 4. Fill them with boldness, Lord. Fill them with courage. Use them perform amazing signs and wonders through these guys in the name of Jesus that people would see you and come to know you come Holy Spirit